0: I definitely had imposter syndrome a lot for for most of that period because, you know, I felt slightly uncomfortable being, um, you know, in this similar arena with these huge talents that I respected and, and looked up to and was, you know, in complete awe of.
2: Movember presents In The Barber Chair, a podcast dedicated to bringing you real cuts and real conversations about men's health. I'm Matt Johnson and I'm your host. Movember wants men to take action to live happier, healthier, longer lives, and they invest in prostate cancer, testicular cancer, mental health, and suicide prevention. Henry, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Hi. <laughs> so nice to see you. Such a friendly face. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Marvelous, and I thank you so much for taking your time to taking the time uh, for this podcast today. It's a very important conversation. This is a conversation. This this kind of spirals out of uh, wherever we wanted to go and wherever you wanted to go. It's a uh, it's a it's it's a pleasure of mine to be taking part in these conversations. And and I usually start off by asking you how has lockdown been for you personally?
0: Yeah, well, it's been it's been life changing for me, really. I think because. I closed my business just at the beginning literally about two weeks before so it's a business I started when I was 23 years old um, so nearly like almost 15 years ago uh, that's my real age and uh, <laughs> um, and so that, com- that combined with lockdown has literally just kind of really uh, forced me I suppose to take a break and sort of sit back and um, think a bit. Think a bit more about what I want to do with life. You know what's important in life. You know because I've been on this treadmill. Working in fashion is such sort of high frequency, and and the pace of things is just so intense, and it's so labour intensive. It consumes every part of you. Um, and you know, working in a creative uh, industry as well, you put a piece of yourself into all of your work. So it's been so freeing. For me, I've kind of been walking around like with just a spring in my step and a skip and got a bit of a tan. and <laughs> um, I've been, you know, asking people for a couple of weeks now. I'm like, are we allowed to say that we're enjoying it or is that not allowed? Um, but I think it's been really good for me to uh, an enforced moment of pause, mm. um, which is something that I've been quite um, bad at doing.
2: Have you always felt that then within your industry that you always have to be striving, you're always working and that fear of that, that somebody else out there is working harder than you?
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think just, the, you know, running a, running a business and winning a brand as well, you, you've got to keep those, once you've got those customers and you've got their attention, mm. you, you've got this, you're very conscious that you need to keep their attention, you need to keep them engaged. So, you know, whether that's what you're putting out on social media, whether that's collections that you're putting out shows that you're putting on projects and collaborations that you're launching. You're constantly trying to keep those people engaged with your brand because they're constantly bombarded with campaigns and products out, day in, day out. And so you've got to try and cut through that noise and sell them some product, um, you know, mm-hmm. and get them kind of hopefully get them more involved in the storytelling of the process and, you know, get them to buy into the brand as a whole and, and that personality that you're putting into everything that you do. But by nature, we we were releasing four main collections every year. Then in between that, you've got collections, you've got Christmas campaigns, you've got high summer campaigns, you know, and then every single day you've got that challenge of what are we putting out there? What's on our social channels? What's on the website? You know, there's so many different things that you've got to think of in terms of marketing and promoting and creating at the same time. So there's
2: a lot. Going on. Oh, do you know what I've read? I've read a lot about it during lockdown. All of this, well, just the social media aspect to any business, as you just said, the storytelling element, and and even within my line of work, you know, hosting and a business owner, you just you there's so much extra stuff that you have to do. It's, it's just even an Instagram page for a brand. It's a full time job job in itself with creating content and all that. And I can imagine it's nice to be having a break from that and just did you just literally stop and that was it
0: yeah well i mean i have i have my own Instagram, you know, and I I, mm. I put the up, but there's no like, oh, we need a daily post. You know, what are we pushing? Yeah. Schedule. What connects to the website? It's literally, what am I actually doing? Like, I'm going to pottery class. <laughs> I'm like, you know, i <laughs> posting lots of pictures of my dog. Um, <laughs> so You know, the pressure's off, and it's not. You're not constantly checking like, and how much engagement did that get, and who liked mm. it, and how many likes did it get, and did it get shared? You know, there's there's a lot of anxiety that that it encourages and and it breeds and at the same time it's an amazing tool to put your things out there and get your things seen in front of a lot of people for for free essentially so it's 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 a double edged sword it's an amazing tool and yeah. it's something that i don't think my business would have um been around for as long as it was without and at the same time it can also create um you know a level of anxiety
2: well, absolutely, and I know exactly what that feels like. I, I kind of um, I talk to a lot of people who are um, in their own right brands now because of social media. So I think you're in that category, aren't you? You kind of you're projecting uh, an image of yourself, and your, the brand, uh, your clothing brand, was in line, in line with all of that. So you're just a, a part of that as much as uh, your 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 business was. And I find I find that really hard personally for me because. The amount of conversations I have with an agent or a publicist or whatever it is, or and even I think people um, who are not uh, using uh, social media for uh, businesses or th- for their own brand just regular Joe blogs on the street sees themselves in an objective way now where you're projecting an image that you want people to see you as. It's so confusing to kind of just differentiate from the truth and what's authentic or not. Have you found that? Have you found it's, you're posting something, you're like, oh, I'm not sure, should I be posting this for likes or should I just be, should be posting this for what I want to post?
0: Yeah, well, I think I've always been very... um very committed to being authentic, especially, you know, my, my brand and, and my fashion work was always very authentic to who I was and my personality and me as a person. And so, because I always said, look, this is hard enough without trying to be something that you're not. Mm. Just imagine getting up every day and trying to kind of portray yourself in a way that wasn't natural and, you know, trying to, you know, walk around in a certain way, work, you know, work wear certain things, hang out with certain people because you thought it was the right thing to do. That would just be exhausting for me. Um, I mean people do I think everybody with social media sees themselves as a brand you know this whole you you hear people like you were saying people that don't work in in this kind of industry but they'll say things about posting certain things of themselves on social media and be like oh it's not very on brand like they refer to themselves like oh it's not very on brand for me as a person and I think everybody sees their social feeds as this curated representation of who they are um And I think that's a really interesting new life skill that we all have developed because of, you know, the growth of social media, especially Instagram. Instagram has been very much the, the kind of the, the petri dish for that attitude, I think. I think with other apps now, like TikTok, the whole idea is that it kind of breaks down that wall, breaks down that barrier, and you're allowed to be stupid, and you're allowed to look ugly, and you're allowed to look silly, and you're allowed to wear pyjamas and your hair all over the place because that's amusing. Whereas Instagram is still this very um, polished facade, and it's everybody trying to, you know, show their best side.
2: I find that very really interesting because... um... I see a lot of people, especially in the mental health world that I work in and working closely with men, Usually in their thirties or forties, and uh, there's a lot of struggle with their true, authentic selves. And authenticity is thrown around all the time. But I work with a lot of guys who don't know who they are. They have no idea. They haven't had that moment in their life when they're allowed to be the person that they truly feel that they want to be. Whether that being just somebody that's extravagant on social media or doesn't actually uh, really subscribe to the 2.4 children. I should get married by the time I'm 30. And do you think you might have had a up a hand with that because of you coming to terms with your sexuality when you were younger and is it something that you find maybe easier to to address maybe just being yourself is something that comes a little bit easier to you
0: Yeah potentially I mean I didn't I didn't struggle with my sexuality at all you know I, I was quite I was so lucky in the way that the, um, the family and friends that I was around growing up it was just they were all very open and accepting and I never thought for, for a second feared that there would be any negative you know impact for me coming out as gay at all mm-hmm. Um, so that definitely bred m- a much more comfortable environment for me just being myself I never really felt like you know around my friends I was able to be more of a kind of out there extravagant or camp or however you want to put it. And then at home, I kind of shut that down. And, you know, it was kind of this kind of butch it up around my, you know, my dad and talk about football or whatever. It was just very much like I was who I was. And that's, mm. that's how, how it was. And then at a certain point, it was an official thing of like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm dating men. So, you you know, you kind of have to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than that, you know, it probably wouldn't never have really been an issue. Um, to talk about, so I'm, I'm, I'm really conscious that I'm very fortunate in that, you know, I do a lot of work uh, with a charity called AKT, as well with a lot of young people who are, you know, at danger of in danger of being homeless or you know being kicked out or you know living in unstable living conditions because of their sexuality and because of their you know sexual identification. And <clears throat> I think, to me, it's baffling because my experience is mm. so. So the antithesis to that, um, and so I find it, I find it really tough that that still goes on, that you know that still happens, and there is so much prejudice still around that that issue. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel more comfortable being myself um, in that. I I think in the arena that I worked in as well, you know, it's not like, you know, gay men are not rare in the fashion industry, (laughs) to put it one way, you know, and I definitely don't ever feel like I was negatively, uh, you know, I never experienced prejudice on a negative scale Mm. for being a gay man in fashion, you know, quite the opposite. Mm. You know, we're very much, it's very much an industry that is predominantly um, uh, gay men and, and, and straight women. Predominantly. So it's a very sheltered environment from that respect as well.
2: I think that must, must help with your creativity because um, the more I try and learn about that element of my own being as a human man, um, it really helps to be really in tune with who you are for you to use that as a platform to create, to uh, project what's inside your mind.
0: Mm. yeah definitely and I think I didn't study
2: fashion so you know at university I did a degree in
0: journalism and I and it wasn't creative enough for me and it didn't feel like I was being able to express that side of myself that I wanted to by writing about other things and you know I went into teenage magazines when I started and that was because it felt authentic to me Mm. you know that whole like the the playful kind of non serious camp side of pop music was where I felt so at home. Not only that, I also couldn't believe people were getting paid to do that as a job. I was like, "This is what I do at the pub. I can't believe you're going to give me a paycheck." Like, I just <laughs> yeah. talk about pop stars for nine hours. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I was I. I did find myself being able to navigate my career path in all of these situations where I felt like I was able to be very authentic and true to myself and whether that and then that probably helped instill confidence in me that made me feel like, you know, I had the ability to go out and start a new career and, and start a fashion label when I was twenty three because I'd always been supported and felt comfortable and able to express myself.
2: It's an incredible story, really, how young you were when you you shot to to fame and to success with your business. Uh, is there anything that you would uh, change about that time when you were starting out? Is there, or you, do you have no regrets?
0: I wish I'd taken more pictures. You know? Oh, really? I did, yeah, there's like there's things that I I feel like I didn't really take the time to take in and acknowledge and you know I've always been so grateful and appreciative of everything that happened to me because I felt so lucky the whole time because you know I hadn't wasn't like I'd I'd gone to fashion college and spent all of these years of honing this creativity and then planning this trajectory into that industry because it came about for me in a different way so I always felt really lucky I definitely had imposter syndrome a lot for, for most of that period because you know I felt slightly uncomfortable being um, you know in this similar arena with these huge talents that I respected and, and looked up to and was you know in complete awe of and so I definitely there was an element of apolog, apologeticness around mm-hmm. you know myself in certain situations and I always had um, anxiety referring to myself as a fashion designer Because I felt like I was taking something away from people that had maybe spent a lot of years and a lot of money to study in that discipline to become that. Whereas, you know, I'd had this very different route. But then after I think having a business for about 10 years, I started to get a bit more comfortable. I felt like I'd earned my stripes a little bit.
2: It's so weird for you to say that and for me to hear that because I've seen you around. I've been in London for 10 years and working in the industry for 20. So I've seen you around and in no way would I think that you would have suffered from imposter syndrome. It, to me, whatever projection you had, it seemed uh, a huge air of confidence and somebody that was com- comfortable within that, that world and that situation. So it's a relief Honestly, to hear that from you, that I, I suffer from it immensely because I'm from South Wales, a working class area, and now I'm in London. And I really desperately want to know what kind of tools have you used to kind of combat that syndrome of imposter syndrome?
0: Other than alcohol. <laughs> 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 um, I, think, I think the imposter syndrome has been a driving force in my, um, my ambition. Because I've I've always had this um, kind of like not in my stomach or this element of what I was doing because wanting to prove people wrong. Because whether you know people were detracting from what I was doing or whether you know I was getting any negative feedback, even if I wasn't, in my own head, the tiniest little comment would I would take it on as being very negative, and so I'd use that as a driving force and this kind of very much this attitude of like I'll show them I'll prove them wrong, um, and so there was a lot of. Uh, um kind of issues with unraveling that when we closed you know when we closed the label in March because there were I went through this whole process of feeling like you know well well I haven't really proven them wrong, have I because you know to an extent we've failed at keeping the business going but then I think I got to the point where I was able to acknowledge all the successes that we had had and all of the, the fun and the enjoyment and, you know, the amazing experiences that I'd had from it and the training and the skills that I'd learned that I I felt, I still felt like a winner, you know, I'd won at the end of the day and I felt much more comfortable after I'd unraveled that whole issue. But definitely the imposter syndrome is a driving force in my ambition because it fires me up.
2: That's really interesting. Um, because lots of, lots of people's, um, driving force are the things that sometimes hold them back in certain areas. So, yeah, I, I mean, lots of the things I've been able to do in my career that would be deemed as successful is being driven out of spite to prove people wrong. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, and, that, and it's mainly me proving me wrong because I talk to myself in a very terrible way. So that's a constant, constant thing. But also at the same time, um, there has to come a time where you do it for you and do it for your own need and your own wants is that where you, you find yourself now because you are a very different person to what you were 15 years ago when you first started that's
0: you know, definitely you know, where yeah. i feel like i've got to i feel like you know the stepping back from from the company and the label was the best thing for me it's mm. really you know it's given me uh it's given me a chance to lift my head up and look around and look up you know what i have achieved and what i've got and the things that you know the positive things in my life that i've ba- that i perhaps hadn't acknowledged or appreciated to the same level because I was just like this head down working (laughs) um but I think also I was brought up in such a an environment my mum is a huge uh she's written books on positive thinking she's you know big into manifestation from the from as, as long as I can remember I was taught how to manifest and and you know um affirmations and, you know, believe in, in what it is that I want and, you know, feel the, fear, feel the fear and do it anyway was one of her sort of mantras for me from as, as young as I can remember. So I've always had that positive energy instilled in me that, you know, there is, that you know, anything is possible. Um, so I've been really lucky in that sense as well.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, absurdly comfortable
2: essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated.
1: Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
2: So what is next for you? Have you come to that uh, agreement in your mind yet after this time? Or are you still on that process?
0: Not quite. I, I mean, there's certain... Uh, elements that I think um, I've I've kind of sort of unravelled. You know, I, I want to work with other people. I don't necessarily want to build something of a similar scale. You know, on my own back or you know, feeling the pressures of people's salaries and you know the rent of an office and all of those things. There's definite like pressures that I feel. I don't want to jump back into putting on myself again, um, and. Yeah, I want to continue to do things that really interest me and excite me. And I loved what I did. I've been so lucky in my, in, you know, in my career when I worked in those teen magazines and started my T-shirts. I didn't do that because I hated teen magazines. I loved it. It was like one of my favorite things I could have ever dreamed of doing. But the T-shirts just presented an opportunity that meant I had to go and realize that opportunity. And I feel a bit like that now. You know, there's opportunities that I need to realize that I need a bit more time to figure out and and think about what they are. But yeah, no. The answer's no. I don't know what I'm going (laughs) to do. That was a really... A really overly intellectualised way of saying I have got a fucking clue what I'm going to do apart from get a bit more tanned in lockdown. No.
2: Do you know what, though? That's fine. It's absolutely fine not to know. You're okay. I feel like lockdown has
0: given me permission to to have a pause you know like if, I think if the world was operating on the same frequency that it had been for the last four months five months the anxiety around me not participating in that world in the same level I think would have caused me to have jumped into something already or, or figured something out or you know put the pressure on myself to to get to an end point much sooner
2: I felt that. I felt that so, so often that uh, there's always somebody else doing a better job or working harder. There's always something for me to do. I've got to keep moving, keep moving. And that's, that's an, an energy that is not, you can't sustain that. You can't sustain success or anything based on a fear. Of uh, missing out, or, or that kind of working FOMO, or that just, just just that fear of not being the best version of yourself all the time, and I just genuinely feel like during this entire period, that's been taken off the table. There's no party that I should be going to. There's no. There's nothing I can do. So it's been a, it's been a wondrous uh, a- occasion. And well, to be honest, I think I've had a difficult experience where it's been so positive for the first half with regards to mental health awareness st- building websites and and trying to help people normalize the conversation especially around therapy and um that was based on adrenaline and i crashed i was like two months into lockdown and i was like i just need cider and nothing and then that was and that was me and i've pulled the parachute and i've ducked out and i'm just doing these conversations now to kind of Regroup, and and I know more, more than anyone about what you just talked about. That that time, that space, that freedom, uh, and that opportunity to really regroup, go back to yourself. Because for you, it's been a whirlwind, hasn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's never from from kind of for the yeah 15 years almost. It's just mm. been nonstop ongoing, and the, there was definitely periods where you know there was a feeling of burnout and there was an element of burnout and I would kind of just sort of hold my hands up and step back and
2: but you would you'd
0: maybe get a week to do that you know a week or two weeks and and it never really switches off you know running your own business is one thing and running a fashion business is another thing and so you've always got those two things you've got the financial side of running a business and you've got staff and rent and all those things you've got the creative Mm -hmm. side and I always found it difficult to be creative when I was unhappy and especially with the brand that we created because it was all about this fun playful outgoing personality that was bold and bright and colorful and in your face and when you feel like when you're heartbroken for example or you know when you're you devastated about something being at the forefront and being kind of you know the face of something like that is it's really tough
2: it's a lot of pressure, isn't it so the high pressured industry, especially when you're at that age uh, did you come uh, close to that kind of breaking point and 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 if you did what what did stop you what what was the thing or someone
0: um I definitely did yeah um I think you know when when things go so well so quickly, so early on. In, in, any sort of career trajectory or any, any industry. And then that plateaus or when that starts to dip a little bit, it can be quite startling and, and you know, it can make you panic. And, um, and there was definitely, and also just the speed at which things were changing and things were growing and having to, you know, employ people and, and get premises and build that. And, and you're always trying to do better and do bigger and, and be, be, you know, bigger and better Um, but I think what saved me and what helped me was working with friends and family you know they always say don't employ your friends and I was the complete opposite of that I would make friends with people and then figure out their skill set and be like you could come and work for me in production (laughs) (laughs) because you're really organized and you don't take shit from anyone and they'd be like, but what what's production? And I was like, you'll see. Um, <laughs> and you know, the first person that I took on was my best friend from growing up. So like I'd, I'd known her from being eleven years old, and so it just allowed us to spend every day together again, like we did throughout our school years. And and that was a huge part for me. Essentially, we built this family that was a family business, but our chosen family, and that definitely uh, helped in in all of those sort of harder or darker times or however you want to phrase it because when you're you're feeling that way you've got those people to either say shut the fuck up you're being a dickhead or um you know you'll be all right or or know when you actually need that space and and you know call everyone off for you and just be like just leave henry alone for a few days or he's gonna blow. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I've seen it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you seem like you, you're very educated in the world of uh, mindfulness because of your mum and her impact. What, it, what mindfulness techniques do have you used, or do you use, you know, meditation? I
0: see. I'm terrible at meditating. I just my mind's far too active. I'm, I've tried. And I've tried and I've tried because I'm sure I would benefit from it massively. But I'm one of those people where the minute I put my head on a pillow or the minute I sort of close my eyes, like every single thing that I haven't done over the last five years comes into my head. (laughs) Or like everything that I want to do for the next five years comes into my head and I start like, you know, analyzing it and procrastinating. Um, I think like the power of positivity and positive thought is something that's really important for me because even when things are bad I am able to uh, acknowledge that it's happened for a reason and you know something bad is going to happen as a result of that you know an opportunity not happening has just freed me up to make me available for the next bigger better opportunity and so that's always been my protective um my protective coat of armor I suppose and and also like manifesting and and kind of you know going out and asking the universe for what I want and, and what I need and then the most important part of that is gratitude and acknowledging it when it happens and saying thank you
2: it's, it's such a really interesting thing and I think a lot of people obviously in the last five years have watched The Secret maybe read The Secret or listened to it or whatever and, and are more aware of what manifestation is, but I don't think people necessarily knew the the, the uh, gratitude element to it and, and what it actually truly is. So let's this, this talk about it because I find it absolutely fascinating. For everybody out there, this is a really interesting concept because it would work in every work of form of life, wouldn't it? You know that 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 uh, that way of thinking, that mindset could help. So talk us through it. What what, what would you do now? So if you if you during lockdown went this is what I wanna do. I know this is what I wanna do. How do you go about that mentally to get to that place?
0: Well, I think the the most interesting thing about manifestation is that you can do it in a way that works for you. So if you're very analog and you're very kind of, or mathematical, you might wanna write it down. So, you know, my mom would say to my friends sometimes, What you write it down? Write it as a letter and ask for what you want. Address it to the universe with no address on it, no stamp and put it in your post box because if you, you know, put it in the post box because if you mentally see that letter going out there to the universe, then that's one way of doing it. Other ways is to just see it, picture it, really believe it, kind of sit there and think about how it's going to feel when you've achieved it. You always talk about your goals like you've achieved them. So when I have this and when we do this and when this is reality because putting it out there and saying it like it's already happened is the most powerful way for you to, you know, in your own mind actually believe that you're capable. So though, so there's so many different ways, you know, you can sit on your couch at home and picture what it is in your mind. If you're a visual person, you can write it down on a piece of paper. It's like that thing on New Year's Eve where people write what they want for the year and burn it in a, in a, in a rubbish bin. Right. That's okay. That's a, that's a drunk version of manifestation right? <laughs> so you can just there's so many different ways that you can do it and then it's always good like sometimes you'll you'll think about something that you want and you'll manifest that you that you really believe it and then you'll forget that and then a few months later you'll you'll be like oh my god hang on a minute i asked for that or i needed that or i wanted that and then i think the gratitude side is really important because it acknowledges to yourself that you've achieved that through manifestation, but you know, and whether you believe it or not, your belief in you being able to achieve it and your commitment to going out there and making it happen. I'm not saying for you know a minute that an angel comes down and makes everything perfect and makes what you want, what you ask for happen, but in your own mind, you make it happen because you believe that you can, and that's I think the important messaging in it and so once you've achieved it or once it's happened it's important to acknowledge it and and be gr- grateful and show gratitude and say oh thanks
2: <laughs> mucho gracias thank you very much it's it <laughs> it's one of those really interesting things that you've you've actually said it a few times during this interview that you know you you looked around to see what you had achieved in your business etc so you you did you make a list of things that uh, you've succeeded in, or you were grateful for. Do you have a gratitude list? I, I've had to do one recently where um I had to list all the things that I am. That's positive. And he was like, "What the hell?" I could I was like, "The first one, I am dot dot dot." Oh, I feel weird. Even right writing
0: up- your personal statement at school. Do you remember that? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's like writing right personal statement. You're like, "Oh God!" I, I like- and you just kind of lie isn't it you're just gonna oh yeah like uh, I, I, I am nice I think uh, you know I think and it's all these kind of caveats then that come with it and really interestingly I I do a thing uh, where I check in all the time and, uh, and I have a journal where you, uh, you check in every day and all that type of stuff and I find that's very very interesting when you're honest with how you feel so you check in with three words I'm not sure if you've done this in the past uh, just three words that you that best summarize how you feel in that moment and it really grounds you in that moment and it really does make you feel honestly grateful for the things cuz uh, acknowledging yeah. how you feel i guess like
0: mm. if and if it's if it's a great day and you feel great like acknowledging it's going to make that even better.
2: And if it's shit, you're like, "Oh, it's shit, but yesterday was great, but then so maybe tomorrow will be okay." And and so on and so forth. I've
0: always wanted to have diaries and write journals, but I could I think I could probably my attention span could probably manage three words.
2: Three words is to be honest, if you are Absolutely honest with yourself is quite an interesting uh, technique because I've sat there and gone, I've only got two. I've only got two today, and and it can spiral like that sometimes. Only one, sometimes seventeen. It's it's a, it's a great thing. I will send you with the journal that I I I have, and uh, if you could do that, could you do that now? Could you have three words now that best represent how you feel in this moment? Um, an exercise, um, uh, relaxed, uh, and
0: grateful for sure and um, and kind of I don't know how to put it into one word excited for the future maybe they could be my three words you can forget the other two (laughs) (laughs)
2: that's four I there's, 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 there's no rules. Don't worry about it. These are, yeah. this is your mind. Just go, yeah. go easy on yourself. Turns out I can't count. <laughs> <laughs> need to work on. Yeah. Math. Yeah. That's today's journal. <laughs> it's an interesting conversation to have, though. It, it really is to for people's mindset, where people made decisions to get to where they need to be and where they want to sustain it and and the ever-changing life things. Like, you know, 15 years ago, you started out from on one path, and, and now that one chapter in your life is closing, and I'm really happy that you've had this time. How fortunate it is for you to have this grounding moment for you to project whatever it is you wanna do in the future, I think that's really positive. Thank you for sharing. Thank you very much for having me. Has it been fun?
0: Yeah, really good. It's like, I, I've done a, a couple of podcasts in, in lockdown and they've been so cathartic. I feel like I'm just doing like a, some therapy. Like a- <laughs> Therapy. I've never actually been to therapy. Oh, I did go to therapy once. And he was like, there's nothing wrong with you. You shouldn't waste your money. Really? <laughs> yeah. I've I was never like, but I want someone to like talk that. to. He was like, haven't you got any friends? I was like, yeah, but they're bored of listening. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, and every single Uber driver is sick of me. They're giving me one star. It's like a face,
0: of my, a picture of my face on the Uber app. If you pick up this <laughs> yeah. and put
2: your earphones in. On my picture, it just says, just put magic on and shut up. That's all it says. <laughs> he's had a long night. Just leave him to it. Just don't talk to him. Thank you so much for coming on. We've really enjoyed having you. Change the face of men's health. For more information or to support Movember, head to movember.com.